Cause I'm tired of living life this way Feels like it's never gonna change So it's down the road I go You're gonna hear me come and just listen for the banjo What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Who Gives a Dram. It's Thursday, August 25th, and we're here, and I'm just checking in on you guys. Listen, I told you on Monday that I was going to check in on you guys on Thursday. We're going to do two episodes this week because I have a lot to talk about. And you know what? The more I think about it, the more I kind of want to do two episodes a week. I think we're going to keep this like 20, 30 minutes max. And I have a subject that we're going to talk about, a subject that we're going to discuss, and I want to make sure you guys are having a good week. So just checking in on you, as I was a few episodes ago. Um, but yeah, so what we're going to do today is we are going to, we're going to talk TV, right? Because Game of Thrones came out on Sunday, which was bananas, by the way, to see, to hear just an iteration of the Game of Thrones music back on TV was bananas. We're going to talk a little Game of Thrones, but I thought, listen, it's getting to be like pilot season almost with the fall TV shows coming out. I want to talk about, on Who Gives a Dram, my my favorite five TV shows of all time. And because it's Who Gives a Dram, and because we're alcoholics, I'm going to pair my five TV shows of all time with five different whiskeys that I own, so I can show the bottles on screen. That's um, what we're going to do today, and I hope you guys enjoy this little checking in on you segment. I'm going to grab my Glen Karen because I'm going to drink a little bit of the whiskey that I that I pour or that I show. Mm-hmm. Glen Karen's old; it's kind of gross. Um, but yeah, you guys, so uh, before we before we move along, just make sure y'all are following me on Instagram, who gives a dram. Make sure you're following me over at Bourbon with Friends, BWF Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, for both who gives a dram and Bourbon with Friends. You can find me there. Find me on Bourbon with Friends twice a week. You can find me who gives a dram twice a week. Pushing out a lot of content for you guys. I hope you enjoy it, because I enjoy doing it. Um, uh I want to talk a little Game of Thrones, man. So Game of Thrones came back, huh? Game of Thrones came back. House of the Dragon with the Khaleesi. Well, the Targaryens. Oh, I also wanted to say at the top of this podcast, my mind is going a million miles a minute because I want to get this podcast out there for you guys. And (laughs) I was driving home today. I went on a little like, I went on a little bourbon hunt today before I got home from work I was already in the area so I went over to in Connecticut I usually hunt in Rhode Island but I went over to Connecticut because why not and I well I work over there and and but yada 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 anyways I'm out hunting in I hate saying hunting I'm out I'm out sh- going to liquor stores I'm not hunting anything I'm going to liquor stores and I'm looking at the whiskey selection and i saw a few cool things but i did find some things that made me laugh and i'll put pictures on the youtube videos of the one thing that made me laugh the most and it's going to go right here and that was jack daniel's tenure for 250 bucks if you're selling jack daniel's tenure for 250 bucks on the shelf 
put on a vest. Or, I'm sorry. It wasn't even 250 bucks. I'm looking at it right now. It was 300 bucks. Sorry. Sorry. Above secondary. If you're selling Jack Daniels 10 above secondary on your shelf, I've said this before on the podcast, put on a vest with a bunch of zippers on it and take a hike. Shout out Crystal Leo. Just do that because you don't deserve to own a liquor store. That same store also had Thomas A. Chandy for seven hundred bucks, Old Forester Birthday Bourbon for a thousand bucks. It had, um, man, it had a lot of options that were just ridiculously priced. Ridic- they were selling Rebel Ten for Rebel Ten Year for a hundred ten dollars. Like, get out of here, bro. Get out of here. I hate. I don't care if you're buying and selling on the secondary, but don't put that out for your, like, do that on the secondary so people know they're buying on the secondary. It's like the black market out there. Like, go on the secondary market, go through people that, who, who know people, and sell it on there for people who are willing to spend that money. Don't put Jack Daniels tenure for $300 on the shelf because that's an insult to the people who actually know what the fuck they're talking about. It's an insult to me. Knowing that I picked that bottle up for like 50 bucks and you're selling it for $300 because you're greedy and you want to make a penny. Mark ass bitch. Sorry, guys. I'm upset. Got my blood boiling, honestly. Got me so mad. I walked right out. Uh, went to another store. What did I see? Colonel Taylor on the shelf. 120 bucks and I'm done for the day. That's when I left, and I said, I'm not going to look anymore. But I did buy I did buy this the other day, and I'll be reviewing this on Monday on here on the podcast. Elijah Craig B522, little sneaky poo as to what we're going to be reviewing. Um, bought that for 80 bucks, so that was cool. Uh, but, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's uh, what were we talking about, man? Game of Thrones. Uh, so Game of Thrones, yeah, uh, Game of Thrones House of the Dragons came on. And, dude, it could not have been a better start to the show. Game of Thrones left everybody with a sour taste in their mouth. When season 8 ended, however, 2019, I think it was, left everybody with a sour taste. Like, Game of Thrones was the best, was going to go down as the greatest show ever if the last, like, season or even season and a half didn't fuck it up. It was going to go down as the number one show of all time. Better than Breaking Bad. Better than The Sopranos. Better than The Wire. Better than Grey's Anatomy. Better than all of them. I'm kidding with Grey's Anatomy, by the way. But then they royally screwed it up by doing everything wrong and putting Bran on the Iron Throne. Worst decision of all time. And by having, what's her name, Stark kill the Night King. Worst decision of all time. You painted a pretty obvious picture that Jon Snow should have killed the Night King, and you didn't do it. So no wonder why people were a little upset when the show ended the way it ended. Now, that coming into House of, House of the Dragon, I wasn't sure how the writers and how people were going to kind of shape the show depend, you know, based on prior reactions to the ending of game of thrones but dude they knocked it out of the park a million times over great start to the show now do i know any of the characters names nope 
do I know, do I kind of understand the setting and what's happening? Yeah. I know that they're all Targaryens because they all have blonde hair and they say Targaryen a lot. I don't know. I know we're in King's Landing, but I know I don't know anybody's name. The Starks were mentioned quickly. The uh, there are a few families that were mentioned towards the end of the episode that sounded familiar from Game of Thrones. I I remember strictly the Starks. I forgot who it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was. It definitely wasn't Tony Stark, but. <laughs> It couldn't have. It really couldn't have been. And you know what? There was one sex scene, which is fine, because Game of Thrones really shows sex scenes a lot. And when they show sex scenes, it's basically like, you. It is like above softcore, below Pornhub, like in that little middle range. Because you do see Wiener, and I'm just gonna say I don't want to see Wiener. I really don't. I really don't want to see Wiener. And, you know, that's... I'm sure there's plenty of people that don't mind it, don't care for it. But when you're watching it with your dad and there's just a floppy Wiener, <laughs> you don't want to watch that, dude. So now I got to watch the show by myself. Even if I'm watching with my brother, I'm like, ugh. It's a floppy Wiener on the screen. and Kale's right here. My brother's right here. Gross. So... Shout out to Game of Thrones, no floppy wieners in episode one. This should be the name of this episode. No floppy wieners. Um, <laughs> let's get into the topic of the day, why don't we? Let's get into the reason you're all here. Let's get into why you're listening to this podcast. And that is because I am going to list officially my top five favorite shows of all time and not only am I going to do that that's too easy that's an easy thing for me to do I could talk about that all day I strategically placed a whiskey with each show for you guys and I want you guys to tell me if you agree or disagree we're going to go from five to one now I will start by mentioning two honorable mentions when I was crafting my list I had to take out the stigma of what is the best show of all time versus, excuse me, what is my favorite shows of all time. Because there is a difference. You will see on this list of my five favorite shows of all time and what my what I think are the best shows of all time. There is a There are shows on here which clearly should not be on in consideration for like the most well-crafted, critically acclaimed shows, but they're my top five favorite shows. And I think they're the best shows out there. They're my favorites. I love them. We're going to start with a few honorable mentions, and these are really going to set the tone for how this list is going to be. Because my two honorable mentions are Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad. Two of the consensus top shows of all time, especially Breaking Bad. Those are my honorable mentions. I'm not pairing a whiskey with them. But that is that is those two shows, right? Great shows. Game of Thrones ended the the ending really did a number on me. I really didn't like it and it really affected how I thought of it. That coupled with I've watched shows since then that have just been better to me. 
Breaking Bad I watched when I was in high school, and I haven't rewatched it. Now, this might my, this opinion might change on a rewatch, but from what I can remember, definitely I can see why it's considered by some to be the greatest show of all time. It just, at the time I watched it, at the ripe age of probably 16 or 15 or 17 years old, I don't, I can't absorb all of that. So I probably have to rewatch it. I saw a cool note to Brian Cranston from Anthony Hopkins saying that his performance as Walter White in Breaking Bad was one of, if not the best acting performance and says that Anthony Hopkins had ever seen. Now talk about high praise. That's the most high praise. So Breaking Bad definitely has a spot in the annals of history when it comes to television. But when it comes to your boy, Connor, when it comes to me, I got five shows. And we're going to start with number five, all right? Number five is a show that is probably the most surprising on the list, but I watched it earlier this year. I drunkenly chose to start watching on a random weekday night, and I fell in love with the main character. I fell in love with the the overarching story. This is a this is a show where it kind of goes into a different scenario every episode, but it all ties together in the end. And especially at the end, towards the later seasons, I don't remember how many seasons there are. Towards the later seasons, there there was kind of less of the side quests and just kind of more of everything coming together as one. But the main character is one of the best casting choices I can remember. I love the tone of serious yet funny, playboy, sleek, sexy, with a... Uh, a, an undertone of a more serious aspect, a religious aspect. That might give it away right there. But my num- my fifth favorite show of all time, my number five is the show Lucifer, starring Tom Ellis as Lucifer Morningstar. And if you haven't seen the show, it's on Netflix. I want to say there's like six or seven seasons, maybe eight eight seasons, but there are long seasons. Like ep- season three is like, 25 episodes and they're they're about 45 minutes each so like not not overly short it took me a long time to, f- to watch this and finish this show um the overall character development of lucifer in it along with like his brother so i'm not a religious guy so i i uh i didn't really know what was happening in terms of the bible stuff but like i don't want to give things away but his brother amenadiel is in it who is god's first son or first angel or something like that i don't know um i don't think it's a spoiler to say that their mom is in it and their dad is in it god someone plays god i won't say who actually i will say who plays god it's the guy who voices the all-state commercials (laughs) that does that is a godly voice that is a godly voice i will give him that um, but Tom Ellis, man, super handsome, just the perfect, like sleek, sexy, mysterious, yet flashy, but can back it up. Cause he's a fucking omnip omnipotent being. So I had to pick a whiskey that was flashy, stylish, showed off. 
yet had juice that could back it up. So I went with good old bottle of Blanton's, which I am going to pour to drink for the rest of this episode here. Blanton's, as we all know as whiskey drinkers, sleek, sexy, the bottle is iconic. The the even just saying Blanton's is iconic. And it represents everything Lucifer Morningstar is. However, the juice inside, no matter what you say, is good juice. People will say it's overrated, it's overhyped, it's it's price gouged, it's yada yada yada. I don't disagree with you, but the juice inside of Blanton's is a good juice. Cheers. Nice and light, a little bit of spice on there, but overarching tones of vanilla. We reviewed this on the podcast before, episode four or six or something like that. It's It's been reviewed, so go check it out. It's one of my first reviews that I've done. I rarely drink this bottle um, just because it's not like I like to have Blanton's on hand, but I have so much more whiskey that I'd rather drink on a regular basis, and believe it or not this is still kind of hard to find so um and for those wondering this is an n in terms of this topper but that's what we're going with number five lucifer being paired with blanton's i think that's an appropriate pairing number four was probably the toughest one both where i was ranking it and the whiskey to pair with it as you guys, this is going to give it away automatically, but as you guys know, I'm a huge nerd. I follow Marvel and DC like it's nothing. I am on all the Twitter pages, the Instagram pages. It floods my algorithms, Marvel news, DC news, keeping on top with comic book storylines and rumors and yada, yada, yada. I've reviewed uh, Marvel stuff on my TikTok, which has gotten good views. Um, man, I remember... I remember when the first Avengers came out in 2013 and how many times I watched that goddamn movie. And um, I did shit on She-Hulk last episode, episode 91, with uh, you know where we reviewed uh, uh, 1792 Foolproof. So go check that out. I did shit on She-Hulk. She-Hulk comes out tonight at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Am I staying up to watch it? Absolutely not. But I, I was, I, that's who I am. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I grew up with comic books. I love comic books. I have right here in my studio, if I could twist you guys, I would. I have the um, an Alex Ross original painting of Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is essentially a DC multiverse storyline. And it's an iconic painting. And it's been in my family for a long time. And I'm thankfully, I have it up in my studio. And I look at it all the time when I'm recording my podcast. There's so many little details in there that are just, you got to like get in close to see what Alex Ross, it's one of the coolest paintings I've ever seen. So I'm a nerd and I'm the first to admit that, but there is always a side of superheroes that you never see. And that's what if, what if they turned bad? My number four show of all time, favorite show of all time is The Boys. Now, I reviewed The Boys on TikTok, I, and I think I've said this on the podcast before. I truly think Anthony Starr playing Homelander is not only one of the best comic book villains, 
not only one of the best television villains, but just one of the best villain performances of all time. Look at them. You need to look at how Anthony Stark acts behind the eyes. You know what I'm saying? We're getting into some like we're getting into some some deep shit right here. Look at the way he moves his face. Look at the way he remains. He he keeps eye contact with someone that he's talking to. Look at the way he walks away. Look at the way he his mouth moves. Like this man's acting is some of the best acting I've ever seen. Now, listen, Carl Urban Urban as Billy Butcher, Jack Quaid as as uh, Huey, Starlight, Queen Maeve, Black Noir. Like the the show is filled with so many different storylines that come together perfectly. It for my money might be the best show on TV right now. And actually compared to my list, it is the best show that is currently airing on TV right now. Right this second, The Boys is the best show on TV. There are there's going to be better call Saul fans that say otherwise there's going to be or uh what other TV shows are there? There's going to be people that disagree with me and I don't blame you. Listen, this is all opinion. But for what I prefer in my in my TV shows, The Boys hits every aspect. Now, when I think The Boys, I think Homelander. Homelander is the most powerful man in the world. He is a force of nature. He is a brute. He's he is he is everything that Superman is. Not as powerful, obviously, but with a with an ego that needs to be checked. He needs people to love him. Now, I'm not saying this whiskey needs people to love him or her, but it's a it's a whiskey that brings that bravado, that brings that stigma of I'm the big boy on the block. I am here to fuck shit up, and I'm here to fuck you up. And it's also one of the best whiskeys that I own and one of my favorite whiskeys on the planet, along with the boys. My whiskey to pair with the boys is going to be Stag Jr. Now, Stag Jr., notice how this is Stag Jr. We reviewed this on the podcast back in like November. It's like one of my most viewed reviews on YouTube, one of my most downloaded podcasts. Um, You know, it's hundreds of downloads, which thank you. Um, Stag Jr. is the homelander of like what you can find, like when you're hunting whiskey. It's a whiskey that brings everything. It's a whiskey that encompasses everything you want whiskey to be into one. Yeah, I feel like the, which is part of the reason why I picked this, and I would have picked probably George T, but they, the Buffalo Trace guys obviously did not release George T Stag last year. And I'm not saying that has anything to do with ego, but it might. It might have something to do with ego. So they got their big boy on the block, and they need to get their ego checked, just like Homelander. So that's why I'm picking Stag Jr. to pair with the boys. These might be stretching in terms of pairs, but I I did this pretty quickly. So, all right, let's try to wrap this up in about eight minutes. Third, third, my third favorite show of all time. This is a show that, again, we're staying with the superhero theme. Might be a dead a dead giveaway, but I love the street level superheroes, right? Superheroes that aren't Superman, that aren't 
Iron Man or the Hulk or the Guardians of the Galaxy or like aliens or something like that. People that are doing it on the street. Spider-Man, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Like people that are doing it on the street. Not do not doing it on the street. I'm doing it on the street. If you know what I'm saying, but people, the, the superheroes that are that are doing the kind of like the day to day crime stuff, and I'm more of a dark toned TV and movie guy. I like a serious show with funny aspects, but a serious show that is plot driven, that is performance driven. The script can even be a little wacky as long as the plot and the performances are on point. I am in. This script just happens to be perfect. It is everything that I look for in a TV show in terms of encompass like like putting dark undertone dark tones into a what is usually kind of like a funnier character in the comic books and just putting out a masterpiece of a show. My third favorite show of all time, Daredevil. Netflix Daredevil which is now Disney Plus. They are rebooting Daredevil in an 18-episode series, Daredevil, I forgot what it's called, that's going to be coming out next year. I don't know how I feel about a Disney Daredevil. I guess we'll see little bits and pieces in She-Hulk when Daredevil makes his appearance in She-Hulk, which is confirmed. If if, if it has anything to do with the first court scene that we see in She-Hulk episode one, then it's going to be the worst Daredevil of all time. Worse than Ben Affleck's. But thinking of a whiskey with daredevil i was like all right what am i gonna pick here what what the hell am i gonna pick i need something like daredevil daredevil is blind but his other hand senses are enhanced so i want to go with a whiskey that, a whiskey that might not look the prettiest but it really really encompasses all of the other senses now i wanted to pick mellow corn for this but I thought it would be a two on the nose, and b there was another there was a whiskey that is better that doesn't look just as ugly, but it just looks like something that's cheap and that wouldn't be good. I also wanted to pick Evan Williams bottle and bond, but I don't think I have a bottle right now. So what I picked, and I think it's the most appropriate decision to pair with Daredevil as a whiskey that from the outside you can't it looks bad because Daredevil can't see, so looks don't matter. But what's inside the bottle is some. It, it, it attacks your senses the exact opposite of how it looks and i picked early times bottled and bond to represent daredevil now this is twenty dollars for a liter of some of the best bottled and bond whiskey you can buy i found this in kentucky we reviewed it on the podcast you can go listen to it i think we reviewed every whiskey i have on here oh, that's that i'm pairing but yeah this is the whiskey that i'm pairing with daredevil it looks fine from the outside, but what really matters is, is what's inside the bottle. Just like what really matters to Daredevil are what he's feeling on the inside. He needs all of his other senses are heightened. His hearing, his smell, his taste. It's all heightened to, the, to a superhuman level because he can't see. And I feel like if I couldn't see, I feel like if, if I'm blind tasting this, it comes out on top of a lot of other bottle and bond bourbons so early times bottle and bond daredevil got two more my two favorite shows and these were easy for me the th- my my top three was easy uh, in terms of picking what they were pairing the bourbons with it or the whiskeys with it was not as easy i remember this is just whiskey that i own this isn't whiskey that like Every whiskey in the world. This is just whiskey that I own. Number two. 
So number two was by far the hardest whiskey to pair with because I had no freaking idea. And I really had to go into my like my English background and like pull out, pull something out of my ass to connect this whiskey with this show, but I did it. This show, as I said with Daredevil, I like dark, serious shows that are led by plot and by performance. This is the most performance-heavy show I've ever seen. It's got some of the best performances that I've ever seen. It's dark. It's scary. It's probably the best horror TV show that I've ever seen. And it continues in a quote-unquote anthology manner where the same director, Mike Flanagan, that probably gives it away right there, is creating shows that are similar in nature with some of the cast sometimes coming back but are totally separate universes or just totally separate entities. Um, and I, I kid you not, episodes four and five and six of this TV show are three of the best television episodes of all time. I'm talking about Mike Flanagan's The Haunting of Hill House. And this is a show that might be a surprise to people. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but if you have never seen this show, you are missing one of the best experiences of your life. Not even in terms of horror, but just watching these people absolutely kill it in their performances. Um, I don't know. I Unfortunately, I do not know the names of the actors, but I do know their characters' names. Baby Luke is like probably five or six in this show. He's the same kid who plays one of Wanda Maximoff's kids in WandaVision and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Gives, dude, the kid is so cute in this show and the, the acting that he does just makes me want to protect him at all costs. And Grown Up Luke, there's an episode that's centered around Luke that I tear up watching every single time i watch it victoria something i starts with a p her last name she plays grown-up nelly the bent neck lady just episode five the bent neck lady is the first time you watch this show is god talk about like a talk about like a um Who's the guy who, the director that always has twists in his movies, is known for it? I can't think of his name right now. He directed Old. That's the last movie he directed. But it's that level of a twist as to like, holy shit, I was not expecting that to happen. And all the other performances are just like the dad in it. Just just out of this world. It's some of the scariest content I've ever seen. Like, not like it's there's not there's a jump scare in this show that will make you shit yourself and just be warned if you decide to watch the show now it just it just it's everything i fucking love about halloween season spooky season television just all into one now i needed to get a whiskey that is the same thing i love everything about whiskey it encompasses everything every single part of whiskey but i needed it to be dark and deep and just other words that mean dark and deep. <laughs> I needed it to be, when I thought dark and deep, oaky, dark, dark brown, 
barrel proof, just a an over and and something that's going to overpower your senses with what you're feeling. And I spent a lot of time thinking about this whiskey. I spent most of the day today. But there was one whiskey that always that was actually my first thought of what I should pair to Haunting of Hill House. And I ended up going with it. I am pairing one of the highest ratings I've ever gave on the podcast, Elijah Craig B520 with The Haunting of Hill House. This is the epitome of a dark, deep... I don't even know what other words to say with it. Just a just a whiskey that is grounded in oak and nuttiness and barrel strength qualities like barrel spice, dark spice, dark cherry. And this is like... I actually think I drank this whiskey a little bit while I was watching Hill House at some point. So I kind of just think of an Elijah Craig barrel proof, and this is the darkest of the Elijah Craig barrel proofs. That is why I picked this to go with The Haunting of Hill House. Elijah Craig B520 with The Haunting of Hill House. Seriously, go check out that show. If it wasn't for this last show, it would be my favorite show of all time. But, and I think I've probably mentioned this on the podcast several times, I have one favorite show. The best character ever written in television history. The best performance of said character in television history. I've watched this show no less than 10 times through, not including season 6 that just came out. Seasons 1 through 5 I've seen probably 10 times. It's like one of my go-to background things to have on. Tommy Shelby is the greatest character in the history of television. Cillian Murphy gives the best performance of the best character in the history of television. Rest in peace, Aunt Polly. Rest in peace, uh, forgot her name, Heather something. She's also in Harry Potter. Rest in peace. I'm pe- Peaky Blinders is the greatest show of all time. And I don't think it's particularly close. I think that the performances that are given in Peaky Blinders, along with the directing, along with the soundtrack, along with the evolution of every single character in the show and how everything wraps up in some aspect and we put a bow on it and how everything is connected beautifully beautifully is just a top tier show right like it's i don't really have much to say about it peaky blinders is a show that you watch it and there is a point there is a purpose behind every single frame every single shot, every single piece of dialogue, and you you obviously have to watch it with the subtitles on because the accents are thick. But when you do watch it with subtitles on, you catch things that you probably wouldn't have noticed before. So Peaky Blinders is my favorite show of all time, and I think Tommy Shelby is the greatest television character of all time. P- thinking of a whiskey is like, what, am I, what the hell am I going to pick for peaky blinders i don't know i can't pick a bourbon it's got to be scotch or irish and they always chose irish they always chose irish on the show so i went with the only offering that i have that is the oldest irish distillery and what i would assume would be in their glass sometimes another thing i've done on the podcast bush mills well bush mills but i'm picking bush mills 16 i feel like tommy shelby they're you know they're elegant they're they're uh drinking probably higher quality items and this is 
the highest quality item that I have of Bushmills, but also one of their high, higher quality items regardless. So I'm picking Bushmills 16 because of the fact that it's a classy Irish whiskey. I probably would have picked Redbreast if I had it, but actually no, because Bushmills, again, it's the oldest distillery in Ireland, so like that has significance in a show set in the early 1900s before Prohibition for most of it and what they would put potentially be drinking there so here's what we got here we got Bushmills, elijah craig b520 early times hopefully you can see all this stag jr and blands that's what we got here on the show again lucifer number five lucifer is blanton's um the boys is stag jr uh daredevil is early times haunting a hill house is elijah craig b520 and peaky blinders is bushmill 16 um this was a different episode i would i went a little longer than i wanted to but i hope you guys enjoyed it because i had a lot of fun doing this all right let's get these whiskeys out of here um i'm gonna start talking about more things like this in the future um let me know if there's any topics that you want you want me to talk about particularly I'm thinking I go more into like lists of some kind, like my favorite top five this, top five worst that. Maybe we talk about whiskey news. There's, there doesn't need to be a central topic like there was for this on, on every episode, but I had fun. This was different for me, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So let me know. Shoot me a message on Instagram if you enjoy this episode. Who gives a dram? Leave a rating and review on iTunes if you enjoy these kind of checking in on your episodes on thursdays and if i should keep doing it i i don't even know what i'm gonna name the episode or the the segments but just reach out to me i love to hear from you guys uh again apple podcast spotify youtube make sure you're subscribed both who gives a dram and bourbon with friends i would really appreciate it and i uh again i um i appreciate you guys you know just supporting the show supporting bourbon with friends supporting who gives a dram and um all the nice things I you guys always reach out to me and say and um yeah so have a great rest of your week I'm gonna I'm gonna catch up with you guys on Monday Elijah Craig B522 review strap in get your seatbelts ready because we're drinking it and it's hot I've already taken a little sip but uh yeah thanks guys so much and always remember whiskey's the water of life so let's start living